Hello, hello, hello. Mitchell Lee with you alongside Brandon, too. Thanks for listening to Press Play Action here on Jersey Nerds Productions. And Brandon, 2023, the recap done. Best and worst list done. And now we get to go back into the vault. There are over 4,000 movies that I'm like, you know what? I need to rewatch these or I want to talk about these. <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I, I figured rather than trying to overthink it as far as what we should talk about on what day, we're going to do where this, this is how we're going to do it. So feel free. This isn't going to be like the Stranger Nerds podcast where it's a watch-along kind of play-by-play of each episode, really in-depth, hour, hour 15 reviews, reviews of, uh, of an episode. This is going to be two reviews and one show. We're going to do it completely randomized. And sometimes it'll be movies that have nothing to do with each other, and sometimes we'll go down a franchise rabbit hole. And then the next show will be trying to work down the IMDb top 250 or lists like that considered to have like the, the best movies of all time type of thing. Like for example, next week we're going to do the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile and Shawshank is number one on IMDb's list. Green Mile is a little bit further down, but they're both directed by Frank Darabont. So I figured mm-hmm. group those two together, it yeah. makes sense. They're also very similar type movies as far as being set in prisons and the randomizer had a sense of nostalgia because the movie that came up first was Now You See Me, the 2013 movie, and Now You See Me 2 would also be would, would, would follow that. We just get those two out of the way. And Brandon, the first movie you and I saw together back in June of 2016 yeah, it's was crazy. Now You See Me Too. So this is uh, a great place to begin this podcast with the first at movie the, that we saw together, for better or for worse. Weagle. Yeah, at the Boone Weagle. Or I guess it yeah, was a Regal. Yeah, the Regal Boone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, it's Regal. Yeah, it's Boone uh, Regal. Yeah. yeah, that's... And for whatever reason, that was the only movie we saw together the entire time we were in college. Because I guess yeah, I kind of yeah. met you towards the end of my time in college. Uh, I guess, yeah. So I mean, I, I think you me met me like the, the last four months of your of your college career or of your college outlook. So yeah, I that makes met sense. you the last yeah, year. I, I want to say like I mean, the last year. We start talking year. about movies until the summer. Yeah, like yeah. the five months, so, four months, or whatever. So we didn't get that much time. But then we started living together, and we went to a lot of movies. So makes sense. Yes. Once we both started like having like a a temporary job at a movie theater just to to keep keep the bills going then we we really took advantage of those free tickets and and went to see absolutely everything that coincided with movie pass and that 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 yeah. era of just being able to go see any trash movie for absolutely free so that that really well, was the for perfect $10, storm to get yes. us on this this path that we're on $10 yes. a month just to get and uh, well, possibly what yes yeah just an un- Crazy unreal price, but- unreal uh business plan uh i know movie pass is back kind of but yeah that's just an unreal not um, not the same level like no. everyone had a movie pass back then because it was such an outrageous yes. deal that you had yeah. to have one and people you could would go, go to like aperture they had no interest yeah. in 
Aperture yeah. and, uh, and yeah. Winston-Salem. You can go to like that for like, yeah. Which, by the way, got to plug. Ap- Aperture Aperture in downtown Winston-Salem is the uh, the art house theater. Give it a shot. It is a uh, nice place to go yeah. watch something like Parasite. Had a good time uh, watching just, that there. Yeah, randomly, um, I just saw from someone I know, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey was playing at Aperture at some point. In the last like two weeks, yeah, or so. that's um it's pretty cool. I, they'll do they'll do stuff like that. I, I if if your community has an art house theater, give it a shot. It's a they're probably gonna have a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and dive dive into this now. The the very first uh, Brandon and this I kind great. of threw around the title movies movies at random, but it, yeah. it it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. So we're just gonna. I don't really know if we're going to give it a title, but it's just now you Fair see enough. me and now you see me too. So let's let's just dive in. Now you see me released on May 31st, 2013, and that was a very busy May for for movies. I don't know how much you remember about that period in time. Iron Man 3 opened up the summer. The Great Gatsby then the next week, then Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. So three well, I didn't pretty see big that movies. Yeah, but that's yeah, uh, it's a pretty good movie. one. I liked it. Um, and then, then Fast and Furious Six, Hangover Three, and Epic. So that last weekend in May, it was Now You See Me versus uh, M Night Shyamalan, Will Smith, and Jaden Smith in After Earth, which yep. is a terrible movie. And Now You See Me was just kind of a mid-budget, seventy-five million dollars amongst a lot of big blockbuster movies and it did really well it was a movie that just kind of kept making money hung around at the box office everyone seemed to really like it a lot of people that i know that don't go to a lot of movies just kind of stumbled into going to see it and somehow i avoided it i never saw it when it was in theaters it took me a few years i actually saw the first one after i'd already seen the second one with with you when that came out because i was seeing movies a lot more regularly in 2016 than i was in 2013 uh directed by louis leterrier and this guy gave us uh transporter 2 the incredible hulk the edward norton one mm-hmm. clash of the titans in 2010 the brothers grimsby and brandon fast x yeah from the director I, of Fast X, so. got some vibes from 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 <laughs> this movie with a uh, Fast X. Got some vibes out of it. Uh, ah, this has, some, I, I'm going to say now you Jesse, see me too has a little more of a Fast X uh, scenes in it, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. You'll or, have to yeah, explain you what you mean by that, but we'll no, we'll, we'll get there. I'll, I'll we'll go. get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. Stacked cast for this thing, by the way, and I think that helped get a lot of people in the theater. Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Woody yep. Harrelson, Melanie Laurent, Isla Fisher, Dave Franco, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. I see Common up here, but Common's in the movie for like two minutes, so I don't really Michael think... Michael Kelly, I, who got really famous really think... from House of Cards. You know, That's Michael right, Kelly from House of Cards. Cards. Wasn't he yeah, also in... Uh, yeah. He was in Jack Ryan, too. Yep, yeah. he's in Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, he's he's Doug Stamper from House of Cards. That's the biggest name. Um, that's the biggest thing he's been in. That's not the biggest name on this cast. It's Morgan Freeman by a long shot, but yeah. I don't know. You do have Michael Caine on there. 
Michael Caine. I Kane's do like Michael Caine. I mean, they're both. And Michael Caine in this movie yeah, it's, it's, is it's the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's the Dark. We'll, we'll get to favorites movie. here in a bit, but this this was the the magician movie. It's about an FBI agent. The the, the plot synopsis. FBI agent Interpol detective track an attempt to bring to justice a team of magicians who pull off bank heists and robberies during their performances and reward their audiences with the money. Now, I will disclaim this. These movies at random or whatever the hell reviews that we do are not designed for us to just sit here and A, talk about how great a movie is. We're not only talking about movies that we love. B, we're not only trying to talk about movies that we hate. So we're going to have right. all over the map. Movies we love, yeah. movies we hate, movies we nothing, movies we like, movies we don't like. We're going to be all over the map with this thing. So I just want to go ahead and just because we're reviewing this does not mean that we love it or that we hate it. Because in this case, I don't really like this movie too much. However... I think the sign of a good reviewer, and I think Brandon too and I are, are, are pretty solid reviewers, so I think this is what we're aiming for, is I want someone to be able to listen to our review and say they didn't like it, but the reasons that they gave, gave that they didn't like it and how they described the movie, they didn't like it, but I think I would. So even in their negative review, I still want to check it out. And I think that this is a movie that has proven to be very crowd-pleasing. People are clamoring for a third one of these, especially Jesse Eisenberg has gone as far as to say, I can wean myself off antidepressants if they if they finally make it. Now you see me Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm one of those people. I don't, I don't love these movies, but give me a third one. I'm at this point, give me a third one. You know? I'm one of those people. I think the best way to describe this is... It's a national treasure with magic. It's yeah. got a very similar vibe of something like a national treasure. And if Mixing... you like the na I, there's a large overlap of people that like those right. movies and people that like these movies. And I'm not the biggest national treasure fan. You're at not? least from what I remember. Again, maybe we'll get to it. But I mean, that probably Nick has Cage something at, to I mean, do. It might be I mean, Nick we Cage probably just lost best. everyone listening to this. But yeah, it might be Nick Cage at his best. I mean, nah, I, mean I don't know about. Yeah, I mean, I, we just saw Dream Scenario a few months ago. I don't know about that. Fair, fair. But he's very uh, fun. Did you but, have a like, favorite in this? So there's national. This is such a big cast. But then there's, but then this is what I was talking about. There's like there's like mixtures of like Fast and Furious like stunts in it and like like different different scenarios that like suspend belief. So that's where I was kind of getting with like it kind of has like fast X vibes in it because it's almost asking you to like suspend your belief and like take this stuff at face value and so it, it's like really hard. It's to a take gateway it drug, right, right? Right. It's a gateway drug to something like Fast and Furious because this does yeah. ask you to like believe a lot of things that just plain can't happen. And I'll, I'll just but go ahead and start cool from the, the beginning of this. The beginning of this movie, the the four it, it's about the four horsemen, uh, J Jesse Eisenberg who plays uh, J Daniel Atlas, uh, Merritt McKin McKinney who's played by Woody Harrelson, Henley Reeves who's played by Isla Fisher, and Jack Wilder who's played by Dave Franco. They are the four horsemen. They're doing four separate things, and they each get this uh, this card that 
kind of leads them to this apartment card and it's yeah yeah, they get a tarot card at the beginning of each one of them is doing a different like performance or 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 working you see them working their craft and i thought that each one of those four scenes explained what they can do what their personality is like and what we can expect from them in a really fun way especially uh i thought jesse eisenberg scene was really cool as well as isla fisher's yeah very strong opening and those and those two this movie yeah and those two are my favorite characters in this movie oh okay yeah because i would say my favorite character from both of these films is Dave Franco, Jack Wilder. I just really? like Jack okay. Wilder's character. I don't know why. I think that I just, Dave. I think I Dave Franco. Like I think Dave Franco is a lot stronger in the second one, and we'll get to that yeah, uh, in a bit. And also get into reasons why I'm not as high on him in, as this one. But you also get a little sense of uh, some history between Eisenberg and Fisher's character. That Isla Fisher kind of used to work as the uh, the the magician's assistant. And she wanted mm-hmm. to prove that, all right, I learned some things. I can go out on my own. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was a, a fun introduction to her character. And it just kind of goes. There's no, like, there's not really, like, a um, a montage scene where you show them working together. It just kind of cuts there, to a year later, and you're at one of their shows. There's no explanation. The, the, the four it's horsemen. Just, the four horsemen are together in the one single act. And it's just... Is that like a reference to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? I feel like that's like what this is referencing. Well, I think it's I it's a marketing yeah. thing. It's a marketing okay, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and they're 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 funded by this guy played by Michael Caine, who I I guess he's like you know what? Let me just branch out into Vegas shows, even though he's an insurance, uh, an insurance tycoon. But the first yeah. trick. I think, unfortunately, the movie kind of peaks early for me because I thought that this okay. was the best part of the movie was the opening, the Absolutely opening. I really liked how how grandiose the mm. the shows are. It really made you feel like you were at Las it's Vegas, a Vegas show to yeah. see this yeah. giant magician. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's got all the uh, the pageantry and that kind of bells thing. And, and whistles. And these four have really good stage presence. Um, they have really good stage presence. And they rob a bank in Paris, and they leave everyone with a with a ton of money. The cops yeah. have no idea how they did it. I think it was three and million. Then the next three million, day, uh, three million dollars worth, like American dollars worth of of French currency. Just well, it's three million American yeah. dollars. And the guy that that wasn't even explained either. It was like American dollars inside of a French bank. Which okay, I just. Okay, I mean you're, that happens. You're gonna Don't, have, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong; that happens. But I'm just like, what are we doing? The the phrase "that's not really explained" or "that's yeah. not really explained" in a way that makes any damn sense whatsoever. You're gonna hear that a lot over the course of the next however long we're reviewing. Now you see me, and now you see me too. So just get used to hearing that that quite a bit. Uh, but the next day, they're they're arrested by. Uh, Melanie Laurent and Mark Ruffalo. And I really liked these scenes as well, especially mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg's scene with Mark Ruffalo, where he turns yeah. the tables on him and he's doing all these, these tricks. It could have been very corny, but I actually thought that he was really cool. 
he found a way to make magic look just like ma- magic as a way to get the girls to get out of trouble and look cool doing so. Hey man, I think sleight of hand, magic, juggling, like all of that stuff is is pretty pretty darn cool. Um but they even make a joke like Oh, like how much sex did you have in high school? If <laughs> you're like a magician, you know, like um, that that kind of jokes uh, floated around in this movie. Um, and yeah, Eisenberg makes it like cool. Daniel Atlas's character like exudes cool in the first movie. It's just like oozes cool. He oozes cool, and I, I think Jack Wilder is kind of the same. Like he just oozes cool. So I'm like, oh, I kind of like like that aspect of the movie. Um, in terms of that. I like I like them for two different reasons. I just don't like they they treat Jack Wilder like he's a kid for whatever reason. Yeah, they, like true. he's right. I, they they he treat him like he's much. thirteen or something. Much. And yeah, no, but he gets them out of a lot of trouble that we'll get to with just his pure athleticism. Like he he get he does things like he's in this fight with Mark Ruffalo where he's just throwing cards at him. And yeah. it it I mean, looks it makes no damn sense, but it looks he's cool. basically gambit, but like if the cards weren't on fire, you know, <laughs> he's just like throwing yeah. cards at him. Like, so they have that's... to let the police have to release them, and then they do another trick. You meet Morgan Freeman's character, who Morgan Freeman I think is my favorite character across both of these movies. He okay, plays yeah. this guy that's a let like me, a former magician, revise. and he he it, it, debunks yeah. Right. Well, I was gonna say, let me revise. You're on the same page, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan yeah, Freeman. Morgan Freeman is one, and Jack Wilder for me is two. But Freeman is definitely one, and okay. he, he has like those. Uh, he has like a, a debunked, the magic act like, t- like TV show basically, and it's like his. Yeah. He gets funded to like go around and and like put on specials where it's like, are the four horsemen like part of the eye, and are they going to like make all these like are these magic tricks real or are they not like find out in this 30 minutes or 45 minutes uh special like it, it's that he's that kind of personality and uh yeah morgan freeman just like nails that character and yeah in the first one him and ruffalo's characters kind of clash um the fbi agent um dylan rhodes kind of clashes with with that they clash throughout the uh the entirety of this series true yeah but especially in one like it's not really again not really explained why they're clashing and then it's just kind of like Thaddeus Bradley's there and he's like yeah well you didn't see that coming you know because because I saw it coming <laughs> I'm three steps ahead of y'all and I'm like okay like this is great um yeah but I think overall the 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 bank scene is like the peak and then it just kind of like goes off the rails at some point but it's really fun um and while i don't love it i it's a fun movie and i guess that's like what people should take away from it like if you just want kind of a fun movie to watch like this might be for you to be to be honest and i I think that's what you're getting out with like the national treasure like vibe uh type thing if you just want a movie where you're not going to be able to predict what happens from point A to point B, yeah. you 
just like looking at cool things going on and you're not here to think about it too much. And I don't want to say that in a condescending way or like, oh, no, you're no. stupid if, but it's, it's people go to movies. Sometimes those movies, so yeah, if sometimes that's what those you're movies for, work. Yeah. So I'm with it. We just saw a movie recently. That's the dumbest movie I think ever made in the history of cinema. And it worked for me a hundred percent. And we'll get into that right. more at the later, later part of the month. But sometimes that will work for me. I think, Again, uh, a problem that I had is I thought it peaked early. And so that that magic trick scene, and even the second one, I thought, uh, not the second movie, but they do three big, like, shows. Reveals. And shows, the second one tricks, was really cool because yeah. they go to New Orleans and they pretty much take all the money from Michael Caine's character. Or at least a That's good chunk of part. his money. And they give, it to the, the they give it to the people in the audience – um, and they do it in a really clever way where they they're on this plane with Michael Caine going from point it from going from one show to the other and they kind of get him to give up the answers to his security questions that he would have for his bank password in, yeah. in, in a way that's that's pretty fun and they give the money to victims from Hurricane Katrina whose insurance claims were denied with Michael Caine's company. And I think that if you look at it through the eyes of these, these magicians giving back to people who were wronged by the system or whatever, again, maybe so I just have the Robin beekeeper Hood. in my head a little bit too much. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a Robin Hood type of aspect to it. It's like rob from the rich, give to the poor. Um, which is yeah, I mean that that I think that appeals to a lot of people it, as well. It works, yeah. I mean, it, I think it works in in the movie and and to be to be honest with you, like that trick where they take all of his money away is probably the most believable trick in the entire in the entire like franchise of this point. Like I could yeah, I could theoretically that, that was, like, was like see that. I could theoretically like see that happening. Um, but yeah, um. Yeah, I'm all for this movie in terms of like, I don't think any of the acting was completely like terrible in this movie. Um, I think a lot of it was average, but you had some like standout like moments and, and like standout performances from like certain characters that like the charisma of like doing this like random magic trick, like especially like you were talking about at the beginning of the movie, like those worked. And, like, that's what kept me, like, wanting to continue to watch. I'm like, oh, well, that's, like, cool visuals. Like, yeah, it, it looks it looks like it's defying logic and whatever. But at least it's cool to look at. Like, it's a, it's a cool movie to look at. And with the $75 million budget, I, I think they, they, like, nailed the visual aspect of the movie to some extent. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And this is a movie that... Like I kind of mentioned about it peaking early, it it gets a little bit less. Uh, like their their last trick doesn't really have them on like a big stage the way it did on the yeah. last two. It's more of just kind of them doing things behind the scenes that no one's really able to see, and we don't really even see it happen. It's more of one of those we see it through like Mark Ruffalo and Melanie Laurent and Morgan Freeman's eyes as they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then it's Morgan Freeman just kind of laughing and going, you fools, this is what happened the whole time. 
Right. And then you get like a, a look back into what happened. And that was a little less interesting to me. There was a thing with uh, Dave Franco's character where there's a point where we think he's dead and he's not. And this no, is what I was talking about with no, Fast and Furious. I, no. This is what I was talking about with Fast and Furious. No, yeah. Like that, that, that moment, yeah. um, that scene. It's straight from like a Fast and Furious movie. Like that that was that scene is That was the one part where I could I could tell that you I could tell what you were talking about. Cause that was right after the fight where Dave Franco is throwing a bunch of cards at Mike Mark Mark Ruffalo and they have this like magic fight. And it sounds lame, but I think it was actually really well executed. Uh Mark Ruffalo in this movie I'll get into some of my issues with him when we talk about spoilers, but I was not the biggest fan of Mark Ruffalo's yeah. character, and I certainly didn't like where it ended up with him. And I thought that Melanie Laurent's character, who was in Inglorious Bastards, and she's great in that, uh, really had no point and purpose of being in this movie aside from just being a red herring. That's it. She was yeah. just there to throw off people's expectations that's all yeah they they do that with like a couple of the characters but they don't give them much to do and and like it's kind of they're just there um she's probably the biggest one in terms of that like she's just there and her character provides nothing to move the plot along there's really no character development like at least with buffalo's character like you get something at the end where her character yeah i just don't think there was a lot there um i do think that the end of this movie and if we get into spoilers like that's where it just goes off the rails and it's like okay so now we're supposed to believe all of this you want me to buy that thing. yeah exactly hmm. exactly <laughs> uh like isla fisher and jesse eisenberg were my two favorites i thought isla fisher did a really good job of you could just tell she was having a great time she really sold that stage persona yeah, of, a, of a stage magician. I I really, and we'll get into, she wasn't in Now You See Me Too, and I think that that movie really missed her not being in it. And if they make a third, I hope that they're able to bring her back because I think that she brings a lot to it. Woody Harrelson, I don't want to say he's miscast, but I just never loved him in this role. This this goes back to what I said to you um over text. We should call him hit or miss Harrelson because he, he's either going to nail a role <laughs> or he's going to miss. And I think in this movie, it's a miss. But in Now You See Me Too, it's a bigger miss. And we'll get into that later. But I think in this movie, it is a miss. But it's not such a bad miss that it like takes away from the movie. It's just very noticeable that he is almost out of place in the movie compared to the other four horsemen, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that's what you're kind of getting at. It's, I, think... I don't know if he's miscasted, but he's just out of place. Um, he doesn't really fit. And I think some of his jokes were like, okay, like they were like forced. Um, but he's kind of like that character, like the make a make an awkward joke about like, Daniel Atlas and and uh, Henley Reeves being like lovers or you know like connected to each other. 
um you know he'll make like an awkward joke about that and it's like this doesn't really work in that movie like we don't need that like awkward comedic like timing from harrelson he and just that's what his seemed character like is. the character he seemed like the character designed to get light chuckles and it's like okay not even like big yeah. laughs just like yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Just light chuckles, and I didn't really understand why. I know he was really hot. I it's mean, just like, Woody oh, Harrelson's definitely oh, an established actor joke. before yeah. this, but he was coming off of a really big hit with Zombieland in 2009. He just had the Hunger Games where he was Haymitch and was fantastic in right. that. Great in Seven Psychopaths. So, I mean, he had True Detective coming up the next year. So this was a really great this era was for like Woody right Harrelson. Season you're right one about of him. True Detective, right? Like this is right before True season one. Yeah. True Detective, yeah. Which, by the way, spoiler, we might get to it at some point in reviewing TV shows or whatever. But season one of True Detective, one of the best seasons of television, like ever. Um, and so that's what I kind of mean by hit or miss. Like in Zombieland, in Hunger Games, in True Detective, it's a hit. Oh, he's and this great. One, in those. And, and this one, it's just. It's just three billboards. Like it just is what it is. Yeah, three billboards. It's a lot more hits than misses, but it, I, it's almost like the joke. Like he's never going to be average in a movie, and I guess that that's the point. Is he's not going to be average. Um, when he misses, and, he misses spectacularly, like in Venom Two. Right. Where exactly. it's just like, buddy, what are you doing? But but I, 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 I almost rather have for, that. <laughs> right. I commend him for like taking the like risk and the chances and, and going for it because there's way too many people who are kind of just in the middle and, and give average performances. And for the most part, he's given like spectacular performances throughout his career. So if he has a couple of duds and like this one being a dud for me, like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought the plot was, was, de was decently good. Um, I actually like Michael Kelly as agent Fuller. Like he's not in the movie a ton, but I like Michael Kelly's character, you know, I, I don't have a lot of like characters I don't like outside of Harrelson's, which I guess is my point. It's like I don't hate this movie, but I also like see it for what it is. It's not like a fantastic movie. I wouldn't give it like a glowing <laughs> recommendation, but it's fun and like there isn't like complete misses outside of Harrelson, which I don't even know if you could call Harrelson a complete miss. But yeah, um, I, I do agree with you on on that standpoint. Um, for that. So what you're saying is that you, I could call this movie out for what it is. I, I see how you're doing that trick. <laughs> I, I see what you're doing. You just switched them out. You've got it underneath your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll yeah. get into some of that spoiler talk uh, here in a bit. This movie, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, A minus. Yeah, on that seems score, low. So general audiences loved it. Yeah, so cinema score like what A minus low? is high, right? I mean, no, no fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A minus is high, but A minus is high. Yeah, yeah that's general really audiences definitely liked it more than critics. Yeah, and and, and you kind of get that vibe, and um, and I'm okay with that because sometimes you you need like an audience driven movie, and we're not talking about like Five Nights at Freddy's where that's like all fan service for like for like gamers. Like this movie, in the point in time that it came out um going up against the blockbusters that it was going up against like you could argue that it was the best movie in theaters at the time that it released um which is kind of shocking but yeah, I, I mean the week it released that. the week it released it wouldn't be the, well, best the, movie. the weekend it released oh yeah well yeah this competition yeah. was after earth and that's yeah. my point is after earth didn't didn't have like a way bigger budget and just like flopped whereas like this movie yeah 
yeah. succeeded. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yes. you kind of need those movies sometimes. And um, yeah, I, I would recommend it to people as like a fun, like watch it on streaming type movie. I wouldn't like go out and rent it or anything like that. But I would say it's like a fun watch at home streaming movie. Give your grade. It's grading time, Brandon. Okay, so I'm going to go two stars out of five. Here's what we're going to do for the grades. Okay. Here's what we're going to do for the grades. You're going to give your your letter grade and then whatever whatever stars you want to give, whatever the percentage mark, make it as whatever you want, but start with the letter grade. Okay, letter grade. I'm going to go C minus. So... I don't think it's quite in the D, D plus category. Like I said, I think the first third of the movie is a lot stronger. And honestly, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes is like the best part of the movie. Um, But there's enough fun there in terms of the magic scenes. And then you get the action scenes on top, on top of that. While they're not believable, I think they're fun and they're visually pleasing. And to me, it's going to be more of like a C minus or like a two stars out of five type vibe for me. It's one of those movies where if you if you want a fun movie, like Mitchell was saying, a fun, enjoyable movie where you don't have to think a lot about it, and yeah, they're going to throw stuff at you, you're going to throw stuff at the wall, and look, you don't have to believe that it's actually happening, then I think this movie works for, for people like that. And that's why I'm going to go C- minus over like more of like a D, D plus for me personally. All right. What about your uh, your percentage? I know you like to Ooh, you like to grade uh, movies that way on a on a school yeah, on a, on a, a ten me, point school scale, I guess. Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull that up real quick. I just want to make sure I have that uh, that correct. Um, yeah. So wow. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's great. Um, but I'm going to give it a 72.3. And if you think about a 72.3 on my scale, that's basically meaning that it's like below average, but on the lower end of below average. So, um, so that's where I'm at on, um, on a, with a 72.3. By the way, if you'd like to follow along with us, we both have lists on letterbox where we will have rankings of the movies that we watch for the series. Brandon can be found on Letterboxd at capital B, capital T, E, W, and uh, his list is called Movies at Random. Find me at Letterboxd at just Mitchell Lee, and it's going to be under PPA Reviews. So if you want to follow along so and see how we're ranking PPA these reviews. things, you can do so. I call it PPA. You can do that as well. Yeah. You can call it whatever the hell you want. Uh, but yeah. Uh, PPA reviews, movies at random, whatever. Uh, if you want to follow along and see how we're ranking these or watch along with us, maybe learn some extra movies along the way or rewatch some stuff that you know you like. Uh, I am going to go with a D plus on this. And it might sound like if you've been listening, uh, which you know, hopefully you have, what have you been doing for the last 35 minutes? Uh, why are you giving it a D plus? It seems like this is more of like a C, C, like c minus even c plus type right. of vibe yeah we'll get into that with spoilers because this movie pulls something out of its ass that i cannot really forgive uh d plus and the way that i do it is i have a letter grade and then on a scale of zero to 100 like how high or how low uh of a letter grade that is like for example 
my highest graded D plus movie is the expendables, which is a 99.60 out of the zero to 100 scale. And my lowest is the forest, which is a 6.15. So you out of zero to 100 as to how high or how low. A ton of range, which I I appreciate because it's tough to fit movies in. Um, So I appreciate that. Yeah, it gives you a lot of wiggle room. Uh, this is a 64.79% on wow. the zero below to the expendables. So, so, so yeah, below, below the expendables, but it's uh, you know, definitely not expend fourables. That's significantly lower. That's um, an I, what do you percent? Let's see. That was F uh, 8.54. 8. So, oh, I low. gave it too much credit. Uh, yeah, I gave it too much credit. Yeah, uh, I I think you can have fun with this, but I also, and uh, my fiance, Sarah, really likes these movies. And she yeah. says that I'm a little too critical. I'm, but that's, that's the way that I am with uh, movies in general. I'm, I'm looking for stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm critiquing things. And if you're just someone who wants to go in, have a good time, and you're not looking at it as carefully as Brandon and I do – because we go to so many movies and you, you don't go to quite as many. And I, I promise I'm not trying to say like, Oh, you know, if, if you're stupid, you'll like this movie. No, Your that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, if, value. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I get it. it no, if it, it just depends on what you go to the movies for and what you're yeah, trying to watch. Exactly. And if you're just looking for a good time with some fun twists and turns, then this, this could be one that you really enjoy. Yeah, now, so usually we're going to do spoilers at the end after we've talked about both of these movies. But since this is a franchise, we kind of have to talk about the spoilers for one before we talk about two. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, this is probably where the journey ends for you as far as this particular show goes. Go back, watch Now You See Me 1, then come back and finish the review. So we got to talk about this thing with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, so... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with Sarah from the standpoint of I think you're being a hard ass. I think there's enough there. That's fair. To kind of believe what is going on, and they present it in a way that it doesn't really make sense, but at least it looks cool. And I kind of give it a pass for it looking cool, if that makes sense. Um, but go ahead and give your opinion because what they do with Ruffalo is with Dylan Rhodes, uh, the FBI agent, is downright almost loony and insane what they do at uh, the, uh, what is it, 10-minute uh, mark of this movie, basically? The final 10 minutes of this movie? They uh, they oh, just do something the, that's batshit insane. Yeah, the last 10 minutes is just batshit bat insane. I love this quote, this uh, this, this this line so much that I think I'm going to adopt it whenever something just really dumb happens. To quote Chris Evans from Knives Out, that's stupid with two O's. <laughs> I don't know why. I love that line so much. It's stupid with two O's. And this is stupid with like at least three. Where yeah. Mark Ruffalo... I'm First of all, I just have to let people know, for whatever reason, whenever Brandon laughs at anything I say... It cuts out, and that one, th- th- there was a little bit of that in there, 
So it makes it sound like Brandon just thinks I'm the least funny person on the face of the no, earth. No, you're funny. You're I don't know funny, why it always cuts out when Brandon's laughing. Yeah, but, I, I think uh, it's because I'm. It's because I'm. I'm a. I haven't hit puberty, and and it's a high pitched, you know, thing going on. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. But oh. Brandon's gonna come back the next day. Ha 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 ha! Can you hear me now? Ha ha! ha. ha. But Mark ha, Rolo, ha. being the being the cop that's chasing this group and then all of a sudden at the end of their last job where they frame i like that they they, they frame morgan freeman as the one who did everything they frame yeah. him with the stole with with uh, a bunch of stolen money that they get from a safe after jack comes back from the dead and smashes this mirror it looks cool but it's really dumb um they they meet him at this yeah, but it's uh, one of those cool dumbs it's one of those cool stupids you know, it's it's what the kids sure. say. K E W L. It's uh, it's cool. You know, yeah. I don't think See kids say that anymore. I think that stopped think like oh five. <laughs> I I doubt it. I don't I don't spend much time with children anymore. So that would oh, I don't either, I, I wouldn't but... know. Uh, but they 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 um... meet him at this merry-go-round. Which sure, why not? They they meet him at a merry-go-round, and Mark Ruffalo is just like yes. I am the I. I am the one who put all this together. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> There's no yeah. way. This is so dumb. Yeah. This is so stupid. I don't believe with it for the, a second. With the playing card in the tree, frozen in like glass or amber or whatever. I think it's glass. And like uh, um, it, Alma Dre, uh, Melanie Laurent's character just like randomly drops that plot point in like the middle of like the movie. And it just shows up again. Her it's character just, is just a plot no. convenience, man. She really has is, no po- is she point a of plot purpose vehicle? to being she's a in plot this device. Movie. Yeah, she's a plot device. Yeah, she's just there to like move the plot along in the ter- in terms of like she foreshadowed something that was going to happen later. They come to this tree with the with the playing card in in the tree in the in glass, and then it like lights up, and then Ruffalo's character is just standing there like, yeah. I was part of this secret society, the Eye, the entire time. I played y'all. Welcome, like well done, well eye. done, great, great magic trick. Like I'm like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. Oh my god. And then he hops like, on this merry-go-round as it's going it's really fast. Unbelievable. Yeah, he hops on a merry-go-round when it's going fast. Like, what is going on? And it's in Central Park too, right? That's the that's like the craziest part is they run away from the police. And they go no, to like the not. biggest part. It, I'm almost positive it's Central. Park. Oh no, it is in Central like, Park. That's right, it is. That's the that's the yeah. most batshit that's... thing of the entire plot is they run away from the police. You're an FBI and... agent meeting up with them. I bet no one knows you're there. Right, like wh- there's not people Park. in the middle in the middle of Central Park. Like I know it was like 2 a.m., but there was no one there. Like no one, no one saw them. Just Central poor, Park carousel, Jack, and it just looks Jack dumb. Wilder. It, just, just it looks like dumb. Comes back to life, like it's just unreal. It no, sh- it shouldn't happen. And that guy's and, and dead. It does. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I just okay. So the only question I have for you is Evans. Like, what do we think about Common in this movie? Evans. He was in this movie. Character? 
he wasn't. That's yeah, I remember his character was on he screen. He was on screen for like 35 seconds. Yeah, why is it common? That could have been anybody. That, that could have been a common I mean, goer on the street. This movie just does crazy things like that, where it's just like they randomly bring someone in for 30 seconds, don't explain it's so crazy. anything, They've and just take them out. <laughs> Well, they just take, they just, they, they don't explain anything. And that's, that's, that's where I kind of like lose it because there's nothing explained and they kind of just go back in reverse and tell the entire story in a, in like reverse sequence. And it's like, oh, see, how could you not see that coming? Like kind of thing. And it's, I mean, it's fine. Like it, 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 it's okay, but it, it makes the movie it drops the movie for me is what it comes down to. Instead of this movie being like a B, B plus, you know, C plus, it ends up being like a C minus almost D plus because of how like ridiculous the plot is. And they just don't explain any of it. They don't explain any of it. I think that this movie is designed for people to go, I didn't see that coming. And it's like, yeah, because why the hell would you? It's dumb as hell. Like I just oh. regarding that particular regarding right. that particular plot point, it's like wow, I didn't know it was gonna be him. It's like yeah, why would you? Because it makes no sense. Yeah, they just made it up. They're just like oh wow, look at this plot twist. Boom, Buffalo's character, and now you see me too. Yeah, takes it even further. They yeah, just continue and, to go down. Let's go ahead and make things. that transition. Yeah, now just, you see me too, which a lot of people were upset wasn't called. Now you don't. And oh, God, I, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, no, I think that would have been a perfect title it. for this movie. Because the now you did don't not return. Okay, that makes complete sense now. It's John M. Chu who, up to this point, had done nothing but trash. He made Step Up Two, Step Up Three, GI Joe Retaliation, Heck yeah. Gem and the Holograms. Now, Now You See Me Too must have been like a delineation point because after that, he made crazy rich Asians, which talk about no, I think coming up with a big hit out of rep. nowhere that's really good. And then he also did In the Heights, which I know you really liked. I, I didn't yeah. really care for it. And then he's also got the two-part Wicked movies coming out starting later this he's year. About to, he's about to so, smash those movies. Like, you know, he's about to smash those. I think I think he's going to do really well because he did the same thing within the Heights and and Crazy Rich Agents like I've seen that and he can direct and you can kind of get a little bit from this movie of how good the directing is at some points and, but it's just a completely different vibe from the first movie and, and that's what kind of I don't know it just doesn't really work. I think the first movie was directed with a much quicker pace where it was like. Yeah. Yeah, some of this stuff might be dumb, but we're moving at such a fast pace that don't don't think about it. And it doesn't really give you time to. And I think that's something that works a little bit better with uh, Leterrier as opposed to John M. Chu, who this movie, let's see, is it longer? Is it shorter? It's about 14 minutes longer. That was one hour 55. Feels, this is 209. It feels 40 minutes longer. And it feels is part of the problem. I'd say it feels about half an hour longer, yeah. And yeah, yeah. They, they, this came out again, June 2016, Brandon, this, uh, our time, uh, the same weekend as Warcraft, 
which I what did not did like we... at all. I hated that movie. Yeah, and The Conjuring Two, this... which I really enjoyed okay. that one. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes what sense. We... It's com- no, I was just saying, like, what did we give this movie? Walking out because I, I don't think we like. I gave it a C minus. Liked it, you know? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, same. I think I gave it like a C C minus. I wasn't like, oh, I hate that movie. I was like, oh, I mean, it was average. Like, I'd go see it again. Like, maybe. Um, and and we 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 watched it again, and I got the same vibes. Like honestly, I I got the same vibes. Like I would rewatch the movie five years from now. Would it change my mind about it? No. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, just what do you think about the whole Wilder opening scene uh, taking over that launch of? Whatever iPhone tablet thing they were, this rich tech guy was launching, they hijacked that, and then it just like goes like completely downhill. Like what? What were they doing with that opening scene? Like it just did not make any sense. I think they were trying to do something along the lines of what we liked so much in the first movie, where it's like let's get them on this big stage. And then have something go wrong where they they, it it all goes wrong. It's revealed that Jack is alive and that Dylan is the uh, best part is is running things for the horseman. It is funny because he's just like, um, uh, no, that's not like it's just like a complete doofus. And then they end up in Macau. As opposed to, they were supposed to take a, uh, a, a the, the shoot down, uh, down this building, and it was just supposed to kind of lead him out of the building, as opposed to to, to a different country. Yeah, they were supposed and to that land to another explained. truck, right? And it gets explained, but then you're like, "What?" In a dumb way, in but God's like, name, sure. It, is this of, plot of, point of the yeah. of the of the things this movie pulls? I'll, I I can. That is one that no, I can conceivably <laughs> go with. Yeah, but, but uh, before right. we get into too much of this like, plot, yeah. But before we get into too much of this go plot, ahead. let's talk about who's here and who's not because this movie had a pretty oh, big, uh, not quite recasting, but part. Isla Fisher could not. Isla Fisher could not return. No, but we'll get to the worst part. You're wrong as hell for no, that. No, okay, sorry. Uh, Isla Fisher could not return this movie. The there we go. So, although this yeah. movie does miss a lot, because I liked Isla Fisher in the first one, and I like Lizzie Kaplan a lot, but I'm sorry. Uh, her as Lula just did not bring the same energy whatsoever. I thought she was fine in this, but it, it yeah, I, nothing special, whereas I thought Isla Fisher was a standout. Right. And Mitchell, go back to the first movie. What is it with this franchise? They don't explain anything. They don't go like, why Isla Fisher's character is in there? Why is Henley Reeves just automatically not a horseman anymore? And then Lula, why is Lula a horseman? Oh, not even explained. It's just she's there. And then, oh, she happens to have a love interest in Jack Wilder's character. Well, that's a little, you know, out there. Like, how did that happen? It was just really forced. it was really forced. forced it was it? like, hey, we they... have the female character, so she's got to hook up with Dave Franco. Duh. Right. They, that's what they like, all do, right? Let's <laughs> take the square block and put it in the 
Square hole? Yeah, and then let's take the circle block and put it in the square hole. I'm like, what? Like, what are we doing? Putting everything in the square hole? (laughs) Yeah, like that's apparently, like the square hole of this movie is we just don't explain any plot points and we just, we just keep it rolling. We just, we just go right through it. Like that, that is the, that is the niche of this, uh, of this entire franchise is don't explain anything and just keep going forward. Just, just full steam ahead. Who cares? Like they, they just don't explain it like at all. Like I was sitting there going, where's Isla Fisher? Where is Henley Reeves? Like how, well, do you, how does this person just disappear? How, and that's fine. But like explain it in the movie, explain it. Just, just say something. Right. I Am think I Isla Fisher for, was a for, big enough presence in that movie that you go, all right, fine, we'll wait for Isla Fisher to be done with the pregnant or, or and that, ready to film. Or that. Like, yeah, why are we filming this one so quickly? Like, I mean, it's taken them seven years to get Now You See Me 3 off the ground. Like, like we couldn't wait. Like, I just, I'm sorry. Like, that. that's the part of the movie that, I mean, there's one part where it, if you know, you know, but I mean, we'll get to it. But that part to me is just, they just blow through that. They don't explain anything and they, they, they drop them in Macau, which is fine. Like if, if you know anything about magic, Macau is like the magic underground of, of the world. Like, like, you know, like is that true? China, I, I think it is like, I think that's a real thing. So it's like the Vegas of, uh, of China. So, you know, I, I Look, I, I get that. Like, okay, maybe it's it's, maybe it's you... the Las Vegas of China, right? That no, that's what I'm saying. It's it's the Las Vegas of China. So like, yeah, they, they I, and they explain that with like a quote. They're like, oh, like what? And then, and then the worst character in the movie goes like, oh, you know what happens in Macau stays in Macau, and I'm like, this we'll, is we'll just... get to that before I've oh, I've one more person I want to talk about before we talk Go about ahead. Ahead. him. Daniel Radcliffe Him. is in this. Yeah, we have the only other way to talk about it. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is in this, and I think Daniel Radcliffe is a standout here. I really liked him in this yeah, as Walter he Mabry. Works. He plays a very similar role to what he would eventually play in The Lost City, and I think he did that yep. even better in yep. that movie where he plays like this rich guy who is – an asshole but maybe doesn't want to be an asshole but like he is and he always feels like he's got something to prove because he's younger he's unintentionally an asshole like he just doesn't realize he is one he's unintentionally like he he is, funny whatever yeah i i think that this kind of role like maybe Daniel radcliffe kind of got typecast into it i don't know but uh i thought he was really good in this but I think it works because I think Daniel Radcliffe as an actor, like his range is is actually pretty incredible. And it just works. Like he can be a villain, like this type of villain in a movie. He can be a more crazy villain. Um, He can do things like Harry Potter. Like I, I think it works. And he's, I mean... I really like Morgan Freeman's character. I really like Dave Franco's character. Daniel Radcliffe is arguably the second best part of this movie. Like he is, he's standout. 
I thought Eisenberg fell off a lot in this. Yeah. I talked about how cool he was in the first one, but in oh, this one, so he, plays, he plays it a lot more whiny and a lot more yeah. like, I uh, just almost kind of like he was filming this around the same time that he was filming Batman versus Superman. And, and that Lex Luthor character. performance kind of leaked into this for a little bit. There's a scene later in the movie where he's doing a magic trick. Where it's like, all right, we got Jay Daniel Atlas back. None of this Lex Luthor crap. We've got we've got our guy back. But there's a lot of the movie where it's it's kind of rough. Oh no, I'm the leader. You gotta follow me because I'm the leader. And I'm I like, don't want to listen to Dylan. He's not. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not cool. Yeah. Oh it's, god, it's, like, it's not just, great. It's just not great. And and I Speaking will say, of not Michael, great. Oh, well, well, I, I, was, I, yeah, I know you want to talk about it. Well, let's go to let's go to Michael Caine and, and Morgan Freeman first. Thaddeus Bradley continues to shine. Um, they actually explain the backstory of Ruffalo's character, uh, Dylan Rhodes, the FBI agent, and, and why uh, Thaddeus he hates Bradley. Thaddeus Bradley. Why so he hates much. him, and and, yes. and I like that. That's the best part of the movie because they actually explain something. Best part of the movie. Um, And then Arthur Tressler as uh, Michael Caine as Arthur Tressler. It it still works. It still works. So I do want to give like those shout outs. And then we can get to the real meat of it. Because. The rotten meat. It's it's tainted. It's it's been out for five months. (laughs) Should have thrown it away four months ago. Yeah. I mean, there's vultures swarming like this. This performance. So Woody Harrelson is Merritt McKinley. And he's fine as Merritt McKinley. You know, same performance he gave as Merritt McKinley in the first one. Very average. He's there for the jokes. Ha ha ha. Like lighthearted. Like, oh, let me make this like funny quip. Like out of sleep. nowhere. Like whatever. Yeah, sleep. Um, His performance as. Uh, you put it way better than I do. So go ahead. Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, I mean, just is that what it Jar is? Jar Jar Binks mean, of this movie? brother, Twin brother Chase? Just running around the oh whole movie. Oh, sloopy, God. sloopy, floopy, floopy. Like, what, what? Like, did you get hit by a bus before coming to set? Whoopity whoopity too. Yeah, it's, I, I don't, as soon as, like, if someone was to say, all right, Woody Harrelson's going to have a, a twin brother in this movie. Whenever I hear twin brother, I go, oh, my God. That just means that someone wants to test out a stupid voice, and they're going to be the stupid one. And the twin brother, and we just saw a movie yesterday that had a twin brother in it that I thought was actually done pretty well. And that's rare. That doesn't happen much. Because most of the time, whenever I hear the words twin brother, I think of this doofus. I think of Chase McKinney here just going around. Hi, brother. I know where you're going today. Sloopy, sloopy, floopy, floopy. I, I, I. I don't even know what he says because most of the dialogue I just heard, I just hear uh, <laughs> Misa called Jaja Binks. No, the best, <laughs> no, no, Misa the best stay. Line, the best line in the movie, I, I mentioned it earlier. The best line in the movie from Chase is what happens in Macau? Well, you know the rest. <laughs> like, what? I get they were trying I to make the Vegas like play on words, but I, from that moment on, I knew that character was going to be bad. Was just going to be bad. There were at least two or like, three occasions no where, like, 
sitting on my couch, I just would hear him say something and I would just yell like, get off the stage. <laughs> like I was, just, I was just tired of this guy. <laughs> he's so bad. And he's, he's, uh, an associate of Daniel Radcliffe's character. So that's why he's around. He's playing for well, the other team. And there's a reference in the first movie where he said something about like, yeah, I got a bunch of money stolen from me or I got defrauded by my twin brother. And I got to say, if you get one pulled over on you by this doofus, that's on you. I've got no sympathy for you. If you allow this guy to outsmart you, you're too stupid to live. I just, I just can't get over the voice, and I can't get over the ridiculous, dumb stuff they had him say. And like, the stupid haircut. It was almost like he was testing out his Venom haircut. The goatee, like the the gray goatee that they yeah. just like plastered on his face. It was the like very hair. obvious that it, it was like glued on, like a uh, goatee. He just uh, saw not a wig. Good. He just saw a wig around the costume shop and was like, "Hey." I'm not going to return for the sequel unless you let me do its win character. And he's dumb as hell. And they're just, like, all right, we already lost Isla Fisher. We got to get Woody Harrelson back. Well, let him put on the damn wig and play. Someone, what do you want your brother to be named? Mitchell. As someone who is a multiple, I am a triplet. Um, why do we have to have twins or brothers played by the same actor? Like I get it's cheaper, but it just makes it, that much worse like 90 percent of the time it just does not work so why adds more to the budget yeah i mean i guess but like why why do why do movies continue to do that i guess is my biggest thing um i've really only seen two movies that's ever worked in and that was a movie we saw yesterday in the parent trap i'll also give the social network the social network i think did it better than any movie i've ever seen Okay, that trap fair. also as well, yeah, because you could tell yeah. that those were kind of two distinct characters, and you kind of got to view them as such. But that's my point. That's my point is you can never get like distinction. So like, why not just like bring in another actor? Like I, you can get anyone to play anyone's brother. Like I'll believe that more than any of this plot. Like in this movie, I'll believe anything. You could have had anyone play his brother, and I would have been like, yeah, that's believable. You know, they could have been like adopted or something. You know. There we go. Just 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 let's go with that one. Like I just I just don't get it. I just just didn't work and it was the, it it, dra- it dragged the whole movie down. I actually thought the movie in itself was might have been better than 2 in terms of if you take everything I think out. It does some things better than 2. For one, it doesn't have a big character twist like the first one. I'll get yeah. to some dumb things because you know, if you think this movie's done with stupid, it's it's got some of that for you. I mean, and it like I mentioned the plot, with the brother, but it explains the plot between Thaddeus Bradley and Dylan Rhodes and why they why Rhodes hates him. And and it's like the one time in the entire franchise where they're like, oh, this is actually like an explained plot point, and like here we go. Um, Ruffalo and, was a yeah. lot better in this one, I thought, because he, you didn't. Yeah, way he better. finally got to pl- he got you got to see him play both sides, and I thought that was a lot in- more interesting than. Which, hey, why did I'm do just that the, the cop. First one. Yeah, you know, they like, wanted their big of, twist. Yeah, but gosh, sometimes, sometimes let, let's not do a twist. Sometimes let's let's do the both the, sides. The director saw that he was opening a movie the same weekend as M Night Shyamalan, and was like, "All right, I gotta have one." 
I got a one up M Night with a twist. And the twist yeah, in yeah. M Night's movie was just that it sucked, which really wasn't a twist for M Night at that point. There was was no twist in that. It was just that the, he got one of the most. So the, the, the twist was that he got one of the most charismatic actors in Will Smith and got him to basically play a two by four in that movie. That was the big twist. So now you see me too. You want to get into the plot of this thing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that we kind of already have. A, we touched on it a little bit. They're trying to steal yeah, a computer ahead. chip that uh, yep, can great. access awesome. any computer system. Which, sure, why not? Of course, it can no, access I mean, any computer system. I mean, you you have a problem with that plot point? <laughs> not necessarily. Of all the it's just like it's, it's, it's just like of course it can access any computer system. I'm sure. They, I'm sure there's all the some big data. I'm sure there's some big data person who's already done that. Like, I'm sure there is. I mean, yeah. they're watching us, Mitchell, you know? Yeah. The eye, you know? And they've, they go to this magic store, which, cool, sure, whatever. I think that they were supposed to introduce the oldest those magic store like, in, in, the, in the world. The oldest. Don't, don't shortchange it. Now. Cool. Don't shortchange it. Um, there was a cool scene in this movie about them, and they have the chip, and they have it on a card. And yes. they use they do this uh, sleight of hand trick to uh, to elude it uh, from the guards while they're getting searched when they're leaving the building. And I liked it. I just think it went on for too long. It but went on. it was a really cool it thing on. that I could I could see being done. Uh, I I could see everything as it was happening. It wasn't trying to right. pull anything over on me. I I no. enjoyed that. It went on and on and on. And apparently all four of them, not just Wilder's character, are very uh, good with cards. Like, if it, Gambit would be impressed with, with all this, this card playing and all this, you know, flipping the cards in your hand and, you know, spinning the card, uh, you know, 15 feet across the floor um, to someone. Like, th- to me, that was probably the coolest scene, but it went on for 15 minutes. And it was it was kind of yeah. like okay like are we gonna end this anytime soon okay now now we're gonna have Lizzie Kaplan's character take her bra off because you know she has to show that it's not in like she has nothing in her bra like oh eyes up here buddy like okay like can we just like move this plot along like we just spent fifteen yeah. minutes in this vault for no reason like what in God's name are they are we doing there like that's my complaint about that scene is is the length. Cut it in half, it's a great scene. Cut it in half, and it might be the best scene of the movies. And I think there's a lot of people yeah. that do still consider it to be the highlight of these two films. But I think that we're is. on the same page, that if they had just made it so that it was a little bit more concise, it would have been a lot cooler. Also, why does every single character have to touch the card? Like, can't Wilder's character just... Do yeah, thing. I, I, you know I, I mean? like Woody Harrelson's. Woody Harrelson's just like a hypnosis guy. He's not good with cards. Uh, but I have no apparently, idea what they're Kaplan... all. Like, why is Wilder even Lizzie a Kaplan thing? Can like, do if a, they all a, can a bunch of different things, but yeah, if they all can like flip yeah, cards I can see like Jesse Eisenberg's like character and Dave's Franco's character. Right. Exactly. That's just yeah. It just made no sense in that sense. Um. So, uh, but Dylan gets, oh, go ahead. No, I, it's just like, what do you think about like, so, so they get the chip out and, and, and they're getting it to Ratcliffe's character, uh, Walter Mayberry or Mayberry. Like, 
from that point on, do you think the movie just goes downhill? Because I, I kind of think it does. I don't... Okay, well, sorry, just punched my mic. Sorry about that. Uh, no, actually, I don't, because I think it started off oh. kind of weak, and I think that the team dynamic lost a lot with Isla Fisher's character being taken out, Jesse Eisenberg's character being just kind of neutered, and Woody Harrelson being on double duty playing uh, Merritt and a dumbass. So I think that there's a little something, there's a little something lost there. And at the end, when they finally have to go back to, you know, doing magic shows and they're each doing a show in a different part of London, it's like, all right, this is, this is what I kind of wanted to see. This is what I really liked about the first one when they're on stage doing stuff and they're doing street shows. The show that that Jesse Eisenberg does, they try to explain it and it still makes no damn sense. But it's one of those that I go, I just enjoyed looking at it. I Are you enjoyed talking about the rain it and I'll scene? take it. Are you talking about the rain scene? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. Still doesn't make sense, but whatever. You, it makes no damn sense know, whatsoever, but I enjoyed looking you, at it. You know why Dave Franco's character is the best? Because he plays, uh, he plays, um, his magic trick is just awesome. I think. I mean, it's like the only. I enjoy Dave Franco's. They don't let Dave Franco do a whole lot of speaking in the first movie, and they let him do a lot more of that in the second one. And he's charismatic. He's working the crowd in that scene. I'm like, all right, you know, you. I think you wasted a little bit of an opportunity by having him basically play uh, mute spitter in the first movie, where he's barely speaking at all. But in the second one, he's 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 allowed he's allowed dialogue, and it's not like Dave Franco's a bad actor. I really like Dave Franco, but they they give him more to do. He pulls it off. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan did not have the same stage presence in those scenes. That I mean, Isla Fisher was just so good at that in the first movie. I really think that they. They had a massive drop off in that one. And again, I like Lizzie Kaplan. Good in Cloverfield. Loved her in the night before. She's been in things that I enjoy, but I just think that she oh. was miscast for this. If people know magic, it's three card Monty. I was trying to figure out what what it was. Three card Monty. Oh, is, that does is what Dave Jack Franco Wilder. was doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's Jack Wilder's character. Like that's what he does. He does three card Monty with these huge playing cards. Um, yeah, and he's just being charismatic. He takes that one guy's uh, like girlfriend or wife. He's like, <laughs> "Oh, I'll have her back after the show." He's making all these like offhand comments to him, and it's like the funniest thing ever because that guy yeah. stayed in character the whole time and was just staring at him like, "You, you son of a bitch, you, you pompous jerk!" <laughs> like, I'm just like, "This you better is give me my woman like, back." <laughs> yeah, give me my woman back. But um, yeah, um. <laughs> I do agree. Okay, so I do agree that like, so you think after the London sequence is when it's just like, okay, now we're just getting to the point where this is just absurd. Is is that like you where you're at with Ruffalo's it? character that I thought was like, all right, we, we know what's going to come of this and it's, uh, stop, there's no suspense here. And then the ending of this movie was almost equally ridiculous to the first one but like the first one tries to play you as the dumbest human being that's ever lived the second one is just like 
you're really dumb, but you're not the dumbest right. person ever. But I still had a lot of trouble believing, and we'll we'll get into that after we give our grades. I had a lot of trouble believing everything that happened in this uh, this conclusion. It was fun. I thought it was more fun conclusion than the first one, which yeah, is maybe why I allow it to get away with a little bit more because I think that the first movie, the first movie peaks early, and the second one doesn't do that. The second one, and maybe it's because I don't think it started out that strong, but the second movie also doesn't peak early, so it allows the more. The, the, the bigger scenes, the more stagey scenes that we like with our magicians to come and be worked into the conclusion. And I liked that more. Uh, Phil's. Um, yeah, I think when they're doing magic and they're doing magic tricks, um, it's the best part. And, and that's why for me, I think these are fun movies. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're great. Wouldn't say they're awesome, um, but they're fun. Um, and you know, I, I like magic. So yeah, I, I'm all about it. Um, do I like the Orlando magic? No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, not a Paulo Bacaro fan. Uh, no, actually I kind of am. He's kind of a, kind of a beast. Um, but yeah. Um, but Great time. yeah, I, I just think, yeah. Um, this is wild. It's the same grade as now you see me. It's a C minus for me, two stars out of five, and my percentage would actually be seventy two point zero, and the reason I give it a point zero over the point three, is Chase McKinney is an absolutely awful character. It is just it might be the worst character in all of movies, um, and are we are we adding um. Winnie the Pooh from Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey in in the worst characters of all time list because uh, that character had had like one line and I thought that one line in Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey was better than anything Chase McKinney said in this film. So right, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. That's not a movie that I think exists. So it's I mean, it's it's not a movie. It doesn't count. Okay, but I mean, I guess my point is. It's got to be one of the worst characters of all time. Like one of the pretty worst bad. characters I've seen. It, pretty it, bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't think it gets much worse. Um, and so for me, it would have been like a B minus C plus, you know, at some point in the movie. Um, and yeah, that performance just takes me out of it. And I'm going C minus uh, in 72.0. So, yeah. Well, we're on the same page in that it's the same grade that we're giving each one. I'm giving a D plus to this. And also just like you, it's lower than the second or the first one. Uh, it's a 14.67%. So it's a low D plus. It's a, it's a pretty low one for me. Uh, I, I almost got to the point where I was like, ah, if, if they don't do something here at the end, if, if we don't get to see them do anything, magic wise in front of a crowd i i might go as far as to say that i hate this movie and then they did it and i'm like okay good you've remembered what people loved so much or at least what i really enjoyed in in the first one uh so i'm, I'm glad <laughs> I mean, that they didn't just not, betray that if somebody's pulling up these two movies and they're like in it for the romance between 
you know, Isla Fisher's character and Jesse Eisenberg or the romance between, you know, Dave Franco and watching it for the wrong reason. Yeah. You're, you're here for the magic. And, and I'm glad they got back to that because that's what people are here for. They're here for that. Yeah. Cause that's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no one like, Oh my God, I shipped them. No, no shipping. Well, shipping is not allowed. There's no character development, so I don't know how you could be emotionally attached to their relationship, but uh, no, to either relationship. But um, yeah, I think these are at, at the end of the day. I think it's a fun franchise, and while I have them both at C minuses, um, and they would be like pretty low on any list of movies of any year I'd watch, I would say I kind of want to see a third one, and I want to see a third one. Because I want to see them explain the eye. And they've yet to explain the eye through two whole freaking movies. And to I'd me, like that to see is a just third absurd. one. Because I want to see Isla Fisher back in the in a yeah. third one. And I just hate whenever they make two of something. Just so, make a damn trilogy. And this one so, didn't. It had a $90 million budget and it made $334 million. Yeah. It did well make the third one i don't understand why they didn't now as far as the uh rotten tomatoes and that goes it had a 34 percent so a big drop off from the 50 yeah, percent for the first yeah. movie however this one also got an a minus from cinema score so audiences yeah. still really like this i i think audiences are just gonna like like this franchise um because it's fun like it is fun um, when you kind of get away from everything else that's involved. Um, yeah. Are they keeping Lizzie Kaplan's character in Lula? I don't like, know. That much hasn't been out? announced yet. Because what they should do is just create the fifth horseman. Just bring back Isla Fisher's character and bring all five of them together. Like, who cares at that point? I think it'd be, I, I'd be for it. Do that. Um, again, it, and explain it. Please explain it. Give me five minutes, two minutes of exposition as to why this weird occurrence happened where Lizzie Kaplan's character just came out of nowhere. Like, just <laughs> explain something to me. As far as everything that I see regarding Now You See Me 3, it looks like Lizzie Kaplan would be coming back. However, that does not mean that they can't have Lizzie Kaplan as well as Isla Fisher. Maybe it was also rumored that Benedict Cumberbatch would join. However, this was also oh. like right after this was also right after the second one come out or came out. So it's been like seven, so, eight years since that. So I don't know if that there's any legitimacy to that still being a thing. Hear me out, Disney. Hear me out. Doctor Strange, and now you see me three. At least what he's doing would make sense. <laughs> Be like, hey, I, I get how you're able to do this. It, it's like, oh, Doctor Strange was helping you out. Wait, what you also have the Incredible the Hulk point? on your team? What if that's the plot point? It's like, actually, Doctor Strange was behind it the whole time. <laughs> I just... I just it'd be the most believable thing. It would be it'd be the most believable thing in the entire in the entire That series. is the only way to make the ending of Now You See Me 2 make sense. So let's dive into 
the spoilers of number two where they're doing these tricks in London and they want to expose Daniel Radcliffe's character who's presumed to be dead by the way we hadn't talked about that he is oh he's off the grid he's 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 off the grid and they want to expose the fact that he's alive and he's planning to release this chip and uh you know sell people's data and stuff which today is just kind of an everyday occurrence uh back in 2016 that was more like oh no they can't be doing this and now it's like yeah we they do this every day. They but, do that when you click on an article and see exactly, cookies. yeah. <laughs> except cookies, yeah, except the fact your data is being sold to you know pirates for money. Um, but they they they're they're captured and they're brought onto this jet, and then they hand over the chip, and then they get thrown out of a plane. But then they realize that the plane never took off and they were just kind of floating on a river and in this little like area that's kind of like closed off and it's really I, i'm sorry it's dumb as hell how do they not notice the plane never took off and when they threw them out of the 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 plane I, no 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 they would have known no 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 it's less stupid so, than the mark ruffalo twist but it's still stupid 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 and i'm not saying i i know i've been saying stupid if you like these movies and you have fun with it and it doesn't bother you this is not the type of movie that i'm going to get on you about that for like what you like this is me expressing my opinion no, I mean, how? Yeah. How? Yeah. I mean, again, I'll just go back to maybe, maybe, just roll with it. Just roll with it. You know, just one of those things. I get just everything. I, I thought it was really clever just, about just how the they got thing. it. The Macau thing works, right? I mean, a little bit. The Macau thing, I was at least willing to. I was willing I mean, to go. With you're gonna knock to people go. out for that long. You're gonna hypnotize them, and they're gonna wake up in Macau. Like, yeah, seems a little far far fetched. Yeah, but you know, I can but live with it's, it. I'm going with it a little bit more than people on board an airplane have no idea that the plane actually isn't taking off anywhere. They must have been hypnotized, like, and just wasn't explained. One of them was, which makes sense because I understand the whole Chase thing because Chase just always acts like he just sustained a massive brain injury anyway. So I, I understand why he would be stupid. That's not out of character for him. He's a dumb you think, guy. You, I think they hypnotized all of them. They just didn't explain it. No, it didn't seem like they were hypnotized. It just seemed like they were well, that's maybe the only confident. That's the only explanation. Cause you would know if you, if you've taken off in an airplane, right? Like, yeah, you that's the, the plane, like, you feel right? it, right? Yeah, you so, literally feel it happen. I know they show it's like, oh, the plane went up a little bit, so it wasn't just like still. And it's like no, 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 because you feel it lift off the ground, and it never lifts off the ground. No, yeah, your heart you goes into your into your esophagus. Your your yeah. ears pop. It's a little something bit, that you like... can physically feel when you're on an airplane. Now, if they want anyone to, to be like, well, they're on this type way. of plane. Yeah, it's such a it's such a great really private fake. jet. Yeah, it's such a great private jet. You can fake yeah. it. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Like that, I did like the fact that they the they were able to still weird. have some sort of showmanship about yeah. it after it happened, and they were able no, to. I mean, that's fine. kind of bring it all back together to the yeah. first movie where it's exposing these rich people that were trying to, uh, you know, do something bad to the common people. They were trying to fraud everyone. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were giving the speech and explaining what they did and, uh, you know, giving rights back to the people, so to speak. And I, I thought that was a good ending as far as like, okay, this is what the four horsemen are. This is what they do. It It's still quite dumb, but I'm at least down with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the the whole Robin Hood aspect of, of these movies is is what works. Because at the end of the day, you're like, okay, so the four horsemen are are for the greater good or for justice, um, the system, protecting the hive, you know? No, yeah, anyway. I was just like, oh. oh, protecting the hive. Yeah, next <laughs> time you watch the beekeeper, take a drink every time he says protecting the hive, you'll be I'll, I'll, dead by an hour in the movie. You'll, you'll love this. I'm watching it tomorrow and I'm Maxwell Lindsay. You're, you're watching it again? I'm going to take a drink every time he says, protect the heart. Oh my gosh. I, I have anyway. to make plans. Yeah. Martin yeah, Luther yeah. King day. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't believe these movies from the sense of, they just don't explain anything. And maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the, the niche that more people need to get into is instead of explaining and over explaining everything, just blow past it and don't explain anything and people are going to love it. Cause I, I think this that's movie explains at. more. And I think that you can make an argument either way. You can say, Oh, I liked that they explained more. You can say, I don't like that. They explained more because then I had to think about this dumb shit a little bit longer. <laughs> I had to think, wait, no, I don't buy that at all. Whereas if it just happens, it's just like, you might not even really think about it twice. Man. Man, and, and the right. whole like uh, the whole like sequence where you know you show it in like reverse, or you show it like back in in sequence, like oh this is what happened and this is what happened and this is what happened, like visually that worked. Like visually, like I was saying with the first one, it it works because at least it looks like cool. But yeah, it's it's a weird. I, I feel like these movies are always gonna have that aspect of it because it's like sleight of hand and magic. But oh. maybe they can do something different with, with Now You See Me 3. I almost forgot a big part of this. And that's at the very end of the movie. It, it's revealed that Morgan Freeman is actually like the leader of the Eye. And that he was just kind oh, of pretending yeah. to be I just uh, thought Mark we were ignoring that. rival this whole time. Sorry, like him I thought and, we were him ignoring and, that. Him, that and, <laughs> him and Mark Ruffalo's dad had this like, it was almost like a WWE rivalry or something where it was like, uh played up for the cameras but really they they got yeah, along they were like best um, of friends yeah 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 but they they figured they'd be able to make more money off each other if they were rivals which you know smart tactic i believe that but mark ruffalo after seeing his dad die was like i i, I hate you because you drove my dad to this and it's like no i i think that he felt pretty bad too but uh that was a twist that was something that i actually bought I had no problem with that whatsoever. Again, Morgan Freeman's character is one that I've really enjoyed in this movie. Give me more Thaddeus Bradley, please. I I, I like him a lot. Give me a Thaddeus Bradley spinoff. Give me a story of young Thaddeus Bradley. Yes. 
absolutely. Oh I would watch it. Just call it Thaddeus. The I. Yeah. Just call it the I. The Deus. Yes. Make give me a young uh, Thaddeus Bradley movie. I'm here day one. But that yeah, is. I mean, that, I, yeah. I mean, now you see me three. They're gonna have to. They're gonna explain the I. Anyway, I like that's the next step. Yeah, something like, or just keep expanding it. Like they had uh, that those people from the magic shop come in at the end, and it's like, oh, we're part of the eye too. It's like, all right, how big is this damn eye? It's like uh, uh, Melanie Laurent come comes back. <laughs> like, like actually, I was part of the eye the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this eye is gigantic. It's like Gollum's eyes, just huge. Oh man. But anyway, that is uh now you see me and now you see me too. I'm sorry if we dissuaded you from seeing those movies. Hopefully you've either seen them, given them a shot, or what we have said has encouraged you to at least give it a try. Because my no matter whether I love a movie yeah. or I hate a movie, the biggest thing that I will say is you never know what your opinion on it's gonna be until you sit down and give it its day in court and just try to watch it. So uh, don't ever let me try to, uh, tell you not to watch something at least, especially something that's at home. You don't have to pay anything for, you can just watch it on a streaming service. Like I think it's on, uh, it's on max right now. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's usually on something, uh, it, it moves around sometimes, but it's usually on something. It's pretty easy to find. It's, it's a harmless watch. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, give it a shot. Maybe you'll like it, or maybe you'll be like us, and you won't like it, but you'll find things to enjoy in it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right, so the first one is in the books. Now you see me, and now you see me too. Now the next one that we're going to be doing is the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. We're having a little Frank Darabont double feature as we work down the IMDb Top 250. Now the next quote-unquote movies at random is going to be the french connection which was the best picture winner in 1971 starring gene hackman and directed by william friedkin and then literally the opposite of that uh little man which again so sometimes you'll get movies that go hand in hand and sometimes you'll get like a best picture winner and a marlon wayans movie that has like a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. You see what I'm doing? I have no idea what you, you're doing now. You, you ever played uh, You ever played Circle of Death? Bring a fire? No. The rule? Uh, no. You got to take off Little Man before you take a drink. That's all it reminds me of. Got to take off Little Man before you take I a drink. I have no idea what you're talking about. And then you got to put Little Man back on. No idea what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Not, Keep not it a cool world. I, I guess you have well, to watch little. You have to watch Little Man. I, I, I I'll tell you, as someone who uh, just watched Little Man, I, I wanted to take plenty of drinks. I'll say that. Yeah, I'll I, save I'm the rest of my thoughts. Take, but I'm gonna have to watch Little Man with a with a beverage in my hand. <laughs> with seventeen beverages in your hand, you you need them. Yep. But we'll we'll save Little Man for another day. Thank you for listening to. Uh, to press play action here on Jersey Nerds Productions for Brandon 2 I'm Mitchell Lee and uh, maybe check out these movies if you haven't seen them before let us know if you enjoyed them and we will see you next time for Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile